0: If you recall, Praveen's family only learned of Gage in the first place because of Monica. The police never even shared Gage's name with Lovely while Praveen was missing or during the investigation. And now, more than three years later, Lovely finally got the opportunity to witness Gage being held accountable for his crimes.
1: One of the times we were at the end of our rope, I was like, I'm just going to call him. I'm just going to message him, which I did in the beginning. And so I typed up Gage a big message. This is before we got the record. And I sent it messenger.
2: When Web6 said, my client is going to testify, before that, um, I think the judge told him, you have a choice. I think the judge was trying so hard to tell him not to testify.
1: The first day, He was up there like an hour or two. The second day, they got him partially like before lunch and after lunch. It was a total of four hours on the stand.
0: You're listening to Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. We
2: did not hear the name Gage from from the police at all. We heard the name from Monica few days after Praveen was gone. Um, and then, you know, it started to appear in the newspapers. Like people started to talk about it. Newspapers started to put his name out. But in police eyes, he was not a suspect until we got the lawyer and he got into the police and all that. And that, so six months after Praveen was gone, we filed a lawsuit against Gage. So we knew all along from then on, you know, but the police never told us that he was a suspect until. Like really Robinson took over. With my car's report, he just portrayed him as like the perfect person that did not do anything that he could not charge. But Robinson's report, when he started talking to us, he said he's a suspect.
3: Now, Gage was standing accused of beating and robbing Praveen and leaving him in a wooded area too injured to get himself out of there, resulting in Praveen succumbing to hypothermia. Gage's defense attorney tried to argue that Praveen was drunk and belligerent and took off running on his own once he got out of Gage's truck, while the prosecution asserted that the blows to Praveen's face and head during Gage's brutal attack caused great bodily harm and set in motion the direct and foreseeable consequence of Praveen's death. Praveen's friends, who were at the party, and his cousin Ashley were such a source of peace and resolve for Lovely. They testified and were Praveen's voice when he could no longer speak for himself. They were able to dispute the lies that were being circulated about Praveen and reassured Lovely that he was not just drunk and irresponsible, he had actually fallen victim to something beyond his control that fateful night.
2: The girls and all were really, really great. You know, they are amazing. They gave us everything and you know, so much peace, you know, like,
3: You mean the friends that were at the party with him? Yeah. yeah,
2: And uh, you know, those kids were so scared. The police scared them so much. They were asking them, where is the drug? Where is that? They made it as a drug thing. So even, you know, when we, when, when the police was telling us, oh, this friend said this, this friend said that, I'm like, oh my God, how can they betray Praveen? But when we actually got the actual police reports, it was just two lines from Ashley. He was actually shaking, you know, when he wrote this, but then they made it as a narration of their own, you know, that Praveen's friend said this, Praveen's friend said this, and that these people that never saw Praveen, police interviewed them and said, oh, Praveen was staggering. He was sluggish. He couldn't walk up the stairs and all that. And then when I heard Praveen was crawling on the stair, I said, Praveen does that on the stair here. You know, to make people laugh, he will go like that. I said, that's probably what he did. It was not because he was drunk. Two beers and uh, uh, one beer and two, four locos is not going to make him drunk. And one other girl came to testify that never saw Praveen. The police had a narration from her that Praveen was slurring his speech. When she came to the trial, Robinson asked, and she said, I don't remember seeing him. With Ashley going into SIU, they decided to go and this was his passion he had everything planned when we brought his staff back we found so many flyers from nearby uh, local police stations that they were doing internships you know that where he can apply and he was going to f- uh, work two years as a police officer and then get into fbi that was his dream he wanted to be in fbi my god he was, like, so into it, you know? And he he was into, like, the Secret Service. Uh, when, Ob- at that time, Obama was the president, <laughs> and one time when he came here, there was some function going on, and there was this tall guy with the glasses, and he's like, look at him, I'm going to be like that one day, you yeah. So he was, that was his passion. He just wanted to be, um, that's why I told, uh, you know, like, When this happened, I'm like, this is something that he loved. And he was betrayed.
0: Everyone else involved in the case testified. From Gage's cousin Jonathan, the state trooper, the detectives, Anita, Desiree Dunning, to both of the medical examiners that conducted autopsies of Praveen's body. Gage's friends were called to testify in court as well, and thankfully they told the truth under oath about the night of the party and how Gage was high on drugs and had been drinking on top of it.
1: We had to testify to that. Pickle, Bam, and Preston testified in court. He was fucked up and driving fucked up, so we wouldn't let him drive and we made Jonathan drive, period. Gage was fucked up.
0: Meanwhile, Gage's dad, Don Bethune, was on a mission to get his son off on all charges in any way he could, ethical or not. He wanted the criminal charges dismissed.
1: Yeah, he's something else. Don is a car salesman, he's a good car salesman. He is a regular middle-class guy that if you go online and see him and Gage's mom got together young, had the three boys, would fight, OPs, domestic abuse. The boys, everybody that knows them, everybody that hung around him knew, they were always boxing, fist fighting, doing drugs, raising hell. And Don, for some reason, he likes to get Gage out of trouble. That's his chosen one out of his sons, the middle son. And the oldest one went into the military, has a wife and kids, I think he's doing well. The youngest son, um at one i personally think gage has cte is that what aaron hernandez had once you've got head in the head so many times you just like go into rages and you're insane i'd really believe gage has that but he's also just mean he's not mean walking down the road if he doesn't get his way he's mean if he's drunk he's mean and he'd been on like a binger of like zanny bars and drinking he was just fucked up and he's used to beating people up because down here in your small towns with your friends you go out and drink beer and get in a fight and go home. Praveen wasn't that guy. Praveen didn't fight. Like when you talk about fighting with them, they're like, well, we kind of used to do like some WWE wrestling with each other. I'm like, oh my God, these little babies don't know anything about the world. So Don's mission was I will get him out of this. I mean, he did the craziest shit I've ever seen in my whole life. Like he would take the police reports and only because one of his... People he worked with got on our side and said, we can't say this out loud, but we're with you. Don is a fucking asshole. His kids are insane. We've had problems with him, but he's a good car salesman. That's why we keep him here. She said, he's taking police reports and having one of our new guys copy, cut, splice, dice, and paste. And so then Don's like, here's the real reports, share it. And would like make shit up. It was insane, crazy. He would tell every reporter and every news media that would call them, I, it's all me. I'm making it up. The youngest brother, this is very important. We've never shown this picture in public. One of the times we were at the end of our rope, I was like, I'm just going to call. I'm just going to message him, which I did in the beginning. And so I typed up Gage a big message, just as before we got the record. And I sent it messenger like three in the morning. It wouldn't go through. And I'm like, what? Sent it again. It wouldn't go through. So I had a Facebook number two at the time. It wouldn't go through. I opened up my Facebook number three that was brand new. And when I opened it up, it said Tyler J. Bethune, which is his youngest brother. And there's a message I can send you the screenshot. I said, please don't say where you got this. This is my neck from tonight. Please don't say you got these from me. Gage had strangled his brother's ass so bad. He's got bruises on his neck and his brother divulged that to me and sent him to me. And I was like, what do I do with this? It was a validation. Yes, this guy is not good and you're on the right track. Don't stop. And we never I called David Robinson and Lovely. We left that quiet. If they would have got me at trial, like they tried, like their whole goal was to get me. It was so weird and backward. His attorney subpoenaed me and wanted me to testify and said, You produce everything you've ever done on your show, this, that, and the other. And so David Robinson on his fortieth birthday stayed in his office that whole weekend and did a motion to quash for me. So now they're fighting for me in the beginning. And the judge was like, she's a public person. She's not a cop. She has nothing to do with this. Why, why would you subpoena her public radio show? Just go listen to it again or whatever. And so then he goes, well, we want to know if she this, that, and the other. And the judge said, we will not be calling her. I, I am granting the motion to quash. And the defense attorney goes, for now. And the judge goes, for good. She's not involved. Move on.
0: Lovely told us many times that all she wanted was to hear from the last person who saw her son alive. And she wanted to hear what really happened, what Gage did to Praveen, and why. Robinson was telling Lovely that Gage may testify, but she knew how unlikely it is for the person being charged to actually take the stand. So she didn't think it would happen.
2: Robinson told us Gage might take the stand, but I never thought he would. You know, after the last witness, um, when Web6 said, my client is going to testify. Before that, um, I think the judge told him, you have a choice. I think the judge was trying so hard to tell him not to testify, you know, but then he wanted to testify. I was like, oh my God, this is dream come true. You know, Robinson had told us, if he ever takes the stand, I will keep him there for four hours. And he did. Gage did testify. On the stand, Lovely said he told lie after lie in court. The first day, every single question Robinson asked, he would lie. So then Robinson catches him on that lie, he would lie again. Then you, you're like, oh my God, I can't stand him lying like this. So at the end of the day, he gave me a stare. And you can see his mouth moving. You know, he's calling me all kinds of names. You can't hear, but with his lips moving, I know what he called me. He came out of the first trial. Every morning, um, when before the trial, we all sit and Gage's mom comes in and he's in the chamber and she would just go across and give him the biggest hug, you know, just to show us. And that was so irritating to watch.
3: But on the second day of his testimony, things started to change.
1: My dream was to hear from Gage's mouth one day that he hit him. And when he testified, the judge was basically begging him not to testify. He's like, so you understand it is your decision alone and you do not have to. Well, his family had him so convinced that he didn't do anything wrong, he got up there The first day, he was up there like an hour or two. The second day, they got him partially like before lunch and after lunch. It was a total of four hours on the stand and it was the best four hours of my life. And it was also sad because he was so dumb. He was so dumb. He sounded so clever, manipulative on the, um, I can't call him interrogations. He wasn't getting interrogated. They were kissing his ass in those videos are you okay yeah okay well you don't have to i know you're upset what but in court david said you said such and such and that was a lie correct you said such and such and that was a lie so he went on with like 40 different lies well then websick was going to try to counteract that and instead of saying well you said this and that was true correct mike websick kept wording it so stupid because we kept hearing lie again he goes well, you said this and that was not a lie, correct? (laughs) You said this and that was not a lie. So we kept hearing lie, lie, lie over again. It wasn't taking anything away. But at one point in time he said, you said you busted his lip opening. His mouth was bleeding Gage goes, well, I'm remembering now that it wasn't. And then he'd ask him another question and Gage would say, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Can you say that again? And he's like a very forward question. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. Can you say that again? And then he'd be like, when you said you got one good connect, where did you hit him? And Gage said, right here, where that mark is on his head. I lost it. I was in the floor. I lost it. That's all I needed. That moment, Lovely and I had a collective, we heard it. It was over. For us, that moment was him saying it basically to her face, right here. I hit him right here where that dent is with the real heart. Because see, Lovely never heard the term, I hit him dead square in the face. And so when we first got the records and I went up to Chicago, we played that video, he told everything. I punched him in the lip, I punched him in the nose, this and there. Everything
2: he did, he projected onto Praveen and flipped it. The second day of Gage's um, try the testimony also, oh my God. It. Robinson asked him, did you know Praveen? And he said, no. Did you hear him? Yes. Where did you hear him? Here. He showed like this and I did, you know, like, that's all I needed to hear, you know, like him saying that. Um, so, and then Webseek gets up for cross-examination. His cross-examination actually helped us because he would ask us, was that a lie? And then Gage says, yes. Then he'll, again, you know, like all these questions, he's like, was that a lie? And then he say, yes. You know, and I'm like, why is he questioning like this? This is so ridiculous. So that went on for a while and then Robinson had the last uh, one on him. And after that, uh, they, the, it was up for um, the jury.
3: The court case was going well. But with the deception that had taken place up until this point within the Justice Department, Praveen's family didn't know what to expect. It could go either way. Carbondale had a reputation for botching cases. You probably recall that we told you about the Molly Young case in episode four. She was a young woman who was murdered by Richie Minton, a Carbondale police dispatcher who she happened to be dating at the time. Yet, the police deemed her death a suicide.
2: There are many, many stories there. Molly Young is another case that they mishandled. Uh, she was shot in her own apartment by her boyfriend, who was a 911 dispatcher to Carbondale police. He, he shot her and killed her, but then he said she she overdosed. And that case never went anywhere. Michael Carr ruled it as a, um, a suicide. And they mishandled, the police mishandled the case so much. That guy's father is one of the top um, per person in the crime, something there, and the mom is a police officer. So there is like the history there that there is so much. Um, Monica will be able to tell you so much more that happens in that police department, in that area. Uh, we are not the only one. Molly Young's case was the front run when Praveen's case came along. But they were not able to get anywhere, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's sad.
0: After a two-week trial, there were seven hours of deliberation for the jury to decide the verdict. Lovely spent years building a case to get justice for her only son, and it had finally come to this point.
2: The case went to the jury like around four o'clock. So we were outside. Gage and his crew along with their lawyer went to the the bar. They were all drunk. And we were sitting with Robinson and 11 o'clock. The jury had two questions in between. Um, So then they they were called back. The lawyers were called back. I think they wanted to watch that um, um, the state troopers video one more time or something like that and they called us in at 11 saying there is a verdict uh it was like I didn't know but I don't know in my mind I was like I was calm I think I was able willing to face anything you know either way
0: Next week, you will hear the verdict that the jury reached. If you're interested in this story and you want to know more about the case, you can check our social media pages. We will be sharing videos of the police interviews, photos, and documents from the case. We are at Speaking of Crime on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. Please help us share Praveen's story.